0: whether you're wired to be an achiever, or you're a little more low key, there's something in our each of our lives that makes us go, if I just do this, I'll everything will be right in the world.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Annika. And this is the tried and truth podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and True Podcast. What a gift that you're here, that we're here today, and that we're sitting down with the incredible Ruth Jo Simons. She is an award-winning author, an artist, an entrepreneur. She's a speaker. She is the owner of gracelace.com. She's just absolutely incredible. And you are gonna hear so much more on her own story of just finding freedom from striving, which is I think is something so many of us can relate to, just that constant pressure to produce or to perform to prove something. Um, you're gonna be encouraged as you just hear her her journey of how she got to where she is today. Um, but also just she's going to invite us into a new perspective on this holiday season and how to create more meaning in this holiday season with our family as she talks more on her latest book. So take a listen to this conversation with Ruth. Ruth, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. Oh,
0: well, thanks so much for having me, Annika. This is great to be here
1: your work is a gift to the
0: world and i am a
1: recipient one of the recipients of many recipients of just enjoying the beauty of what you put out into the world and so just to have you here and just talk about all things books and life and all of it is just another gift. And I'm excited to share this conversation with everyone. So thank you.
0: Oh, so lovely. <laughs> good to be
1: here. Before we kick off our questions and get kind of into the conversation, I would love for you just to share a little bit about your story, because I think there's so many fascinating elements to it. So mm-hmm.
0: I'd love for us to just to start there. Yeah, you know, I'm um, an artist and an author a founder of Gracefullys.com, where I now um, head up a .com e-commerce site where I get to share my artwork paired with truth um, and words from uh, scripture and share that those kinds of products around the world to help women and men, ultimately, families, anyone who wants to um Set their sights and their hearts on the truth of God's word in a beautiful way. So that's my mission, um, my goal every day. I am grateful to be an author. I've written a few books, um, and my my newest one that just came out is um, Emmanuel: An Invitation to Prepare Him Room um, at Christmas Time and Always. And that's a Advent devotional that I'm inviting everyone to join me on. But prior to that, I've written some other devotional books as well as my personal story in When Striving Cease. And that really tells of my background as um, an Asian American woman who's struggled for most of my life with um, striving and performance and trying to earn approval and how God's grace really put an end to all that. Not that I don't struggle with it, but it puts an end to my need to achieve and to perform and to receive favor by being good enough. And um, and I just go around talking about the grace of God because it's changed my life. And so um, everything I write about and everything I do always points back to taking that central gospel message and applying to our, to our lives so that we find that nothing else satisfies. Um, and so that women, especially my target audience would be free from the burden of self-striving and constantly trying to better themselves. And, um, I haven't always gotten to do it from the big stage. I'm a mama to six and, uh, my, it's so amazing. This is, my oldest is 20 and my youngest is nine. And so Annika, there was a season of my life where um, everything you hear me say and do right now from a big stage, from online, from a platform, um, all those things were done as a local pastor, a local church pastor's wife. Like I was a pastor's mm-hmm. wife. Um, I was ministering and counseling young women from my kitchen table. Um, I was homeschooling my boys and writing on a blog. And doing art when I could, which wasn't very often. And so just a few things, you know, just a few minor things, (laughs) but I just, I just share that part of my story because I think that the internet can cause us to think that everybody's always got to live all their dream dreams out loud at every season Uh, of their lives. And that's not true. Um, ultimately God was, so good to me in the, in the very season that I wasn't doing anything super publicly. I wasn't making a paycheck from doing any of it. He was working on my heart and causing me to live out the very message that I would one day get to share. So, yeah, so I'm really grateful to be doing all the things that you see me doing, but I always love (laughs) to tell the story of how, um, that all the work that God's done and the message he's given me started long before anything was ever published. And so, That's a little bit I
1: love that so much. This is super encouraging. I think one of the things I love about the podcast is just sharing the story behind the story because I think Mm -hmm. what you just said, it always just looks so easy. Like it just Mm -hmm. showed up and the moment just arrived out of nowhere. And it's this culmination of every single component and season and element and act of faithfulness, and you know, so many different things that just come together in its due time. And it's due time. And I thank you for sharing that. I think it's super encouraging. And I definitely want to talk about your book that's about to come out, but which will be out by the time this episode releases. But I want to talk about the book that you wrote within this last year, because that was a really Mm -hmm. impactful book to me. And I just, I want to shed a little bit of light on that because I think what you just said speaks a lot to that book. Mm -hmm. And um, so I read that book over the course of the last couple, I guess, last year. So, I left the corporate world about two years ago. And so, I found myself hitting a really hard place of I have always performed and produced. And, you know, I think part of it just comes from my own personal background. I always felt like I had to prove that I was capable, I had to prove right. that I was worthy of taking the job. And I just, I feel like I got caught in this striving that was exhausting. And, yeah. So the book was just so encouraging to me, and I just want to thank you for writing that book and just sharing your own personal story, because I think there were various elements that I personally and I know a lot of other listeners can relate to, as I think for whatever reason, whether it is background, upbringing, your experience in education, your sibling, whatever the situation is, I think we all Mm. come into the world feeling like we have to prove We have to prove, and it is just so exhausting.
0: And it's not just like some, you know, just, it doesn't just happen to a few of us. It really is our sin nature to basically say, I'm going to be the master of my own life. And I'm going to make myself so amazing that I can rule myself and anyone else. Like we don't say that out loud. That sounds really crazy, but at some level, we just think that we can arrive to belonging and love, and we can be seen and known and receive the peace and like, all the the self worth that we're after somehow we think we can get that by doing more, by doing more, <laughs> or achieving more, or having a clean enough house, or having obedient enough children. And so I think it's just really tempting for anyone who might be listening right now, like either, whether you're wired to be an achiever or you're a little more low key. There's something in our each of our lives that makes us go, if I just do this, I'll, everything will be right in the world. And God's business is saying, if you just come to me, you will be right with me. Come to me and just be. (laughs) Exactly. Because truly it's this, it's this, the crazy constant hustle of, um, you know, we've said the word hustle for so long that we almost forget what it really means. That striving is like trying to maneuver our way to getting what we want because we don't trust God to give us all that Mm. we need. And so at the end of the day. I, I just think that we underestimate how much we were called to a journey of surrender, not a journey of performance or achievement or uh, proving that we're good enough to not need grace. Yes. And really, <laughs> that really is the starting point for everything, right? I mean, if, if you know, in this upcoming holiday season, we're all gonna wrestle with that. We're all gonna wrestle with this idea of, you know, how much do we need to do to be everything that our family needs us to be, or to do all the right things and make sure they have the holiday that they really want and desire. And I think that there's just so much pressure all the time. We just experienced back to school season, like regardless of your age of children, there's always some version of this pressure to perform as a a mom of kids or entering a new job if you have a new promotion and you don't have children. Whatever situation in life, we're all caught up in this idea that somehow if we do more or we're just better than we already are, then we'll we'll have the happiness we want. And God really is in the business of telling us happiness and joy really come from me and not from what you can accomplish.
1: So good. And even just like the peace and the rest yeah,
0: <laughs> and just like
1: the joy and just found right here. It's yes. already here. It is and already yet we here. just keep searching and searching yeah. for this, you know, this yeah. treasure that we're never going to acquire or that's never going to satisfy. And yeah. so... Yes. I I love that you share that, especially as we go kind of from this back to school, you see what everybody else is doing. What do I need to get done? Mm -hmm. What do I got to do in my job? Now the kids are back and back in routine. You know, everybody's in going through that cyclical cycle and then preparing for the holidays that just kind of hits us, you know, full swing. It all happens so fast. And so let's talk a little bit about the book, because I want to just hear kind of your why behind the book Mm -hmm. and why a devotional
0: and not yeah. a book. Yeah. Well, it's a 25-day journey called Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always. And it's it's a 25-day Advent devotional for yourself or for you to read aloud with your family or your community group, or it can be done alone or with others. But really the why behind it is years and years of trying to nail it on the Christmas celebration. I've just kind of gone. Oh my goodness. I feel like I keep saying Jesus is the reason for the season, but at the (laughs) end of the day, I am incredibly immersed in the expectation of my heart that I will create some kind of magic or I'll create some kind of ambiance, or do all the right things that will help me feel the peace and the warmth and the closeness to God that I'm after. Because what we're really after, all of us, when we come to the Christmas season is we're actually wanting to know that our lives matter. We want to know that there, we're here for, uh, we're here for a purpose. And that at the end of the day, that God's not left us. Like we really want to feel his presence. And so then when we go light candles and we do all the things and we, you know, hang up all the twinkling lights and I'm the first to say, I love all that. It is beautiful. I love garlands. I love lights. I'm not knocking any of those things but you and I know that that just will not satisfy. And so I'm on a mission to help women and all their peeps to kind of get to that place where we kind of go, oh, wait, um, I will have the the, the exact Christmas celebration that I meant to have when I realized that God with us, Emmanuel, that's the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, that's what it means, when I realized that God with us was meant to be something I celebrate or recognize or revel in every day of the year. Mm -hmm. So in the 25 days, rather than trying to make it this magical time of year where all this pressure is like, let me get, Oh, there's one more week of Christmas. It's not too (laughs) late for us to make it magical rather than feel so much pressure to make it so magical in that small period of time to realize this is the period of time where we can remember that this baby born in a manger is meant to be our Messiah. And he, as our savior, will transform and change our lives D- December 26th and beyond every day of the year. And so God with us, that peace and that closeness to the Lord that we're looking for, heaven um, is just the beginning. It's not. Mm. It's not confined, it's not the end. We don't need to only remember and celebrate it at Christmas and at Easter, and just all these little moments where we say, oh, our faith matters. No, it matters all the time, and so that's why the devotional is a walk through all the ways in which we can prepare our hearts, posture our hearts, and rehearse the entire arc of the redemption story throughout time, um, and why God has brought that redemption story right in the midst of our messiness, And how we can respond to him and ultimately how do we remember that he's our Messiah all the time.
1: Hmm. That's so good. And I love how you start the book with just this idea of posturing Mm -hmm. ourselves during this season. And you kind of say how we enter this season is how we receive this season. And that reminder of, you know, these false postures and the right postures, (laughs) kind of like what what we used to do, what we should do just to really get in that right place to receive the season. And you touch a little bit on expectations versus being expectant. I'd love for you just to elaborate a little bit more on like starting the book with that.
0: Yeah. I think so much of our unhappiness, at least my own, most of my unhappiness can be traced back to what I think I deserve what I think I should have in my life and how I'm not getting what I want. Like that's basically the bottom line. <laughs> I'm like a toddler, right? Throwing a tantrum. Um, all my unhappiness always goes back to a posture that that feels like I'm going to hold everything with clenched fists. And so my expectation um, is always like I want people to behave. I want my children to behave. I want my house to be clean. I want to have our finances in order. I want to have the parties that I want to have. And I'm being extreme here, right? I'm not walking around yelling these things. But somewhere <laughs> in my heart, I just feel this like, oh, we've we've failed. You know, being, Am I being too honest when I say there are times when as mamas – there's that condemnation of like, oh, if I was a better mom, I would have had these things done already. I would have had this situation figured out. Their rooms wouldn't be so messy. Whatever it is that kind of sits there, condemning you, and so the expectation is for everything to be perfect. The expectation is that I don't want things to be hard. I don't want things to be messy. I don't want to have to use, um, you know, self control when I'm buying presents. I don't want to have to deal with financial struggles. I don't want to deal with any of those things. I want things to be easy and exactly the way I want him, But when we're expectant, that's like anticipation. That's actually changing our hearts from thinking that we get to provide our happiness and, and we control everything to what has God already done? Because when we're expectant, then we're like, oh, he's already gone before us. He's already done it. So I can now go and like be a part of and Be expectant of what he has already accomplished. It's not up to me anymore. So see the difference with expectations is the posture of like, oh, everybody better do what I want. Expectant is, oh, God's already done it. I can rest now. That that's a huge difference in posture going into the holiday season.
1: That's so true. And even that idea of me versus him, yeah, <laughs> what absolutely. I need to do versus what he has already done and is doing and continues yes. to do beyond just Christmas when we all get super depressed because we took the lights down and we think is right. all my joy is gone. All the joy is gone. Right, it's right. So sad. Packed <laughs> it's like, away for a year. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so let's just get in the right posture at the beginning of it so that it, it doesn't end. It doesn't yes. end. It's just the right. beginning. And yes. I such a beautiful reminder. Uh, what about like your own Advent journey? Do you and your family, have y'all done something or anything shifted over the course of the years yeah. as your boys have gotten older that has just been really impactful or memorable either on the backside of writing the book or kind of the idea to write this book?
0: Yeah, you know, I think I wrote this book in part because similar to my husband and I writing the family devotional that we wrote a couple years ago called Foundations, it seems like such a mystery to like how to gather your people and do something meaningful. And so I'll be the first to say, like, so the goal was to write something that could be a a conversation starter for families, for anyone who wants to like actually dip into a more meaningful conversation about Christmas with their family or with those that they have surrounding them. But I think the thing that I just it's it's wild to be somebody who's writing a Christmas book and releasing it into the world because I probably am the least Christmasy person there is in the sense that um I grew up in an immigrant home where we actually didn't mm-hmm. celebrate Christmas the way maybe the all-American family had done for done so for generations. We don't have a lot of history because um, my parents were like the first generation here right so it's really not like, We had so many generations of amazing um, history or places that we went or things that we ate. And so I grew up a little bit between cultures, not always having an opportunity to experience that Norman Rockwell kind of um, (laughs) Christmas celebration. And there was a little pressure there to have something that felt like that or looked like that. And it took me years to recognize. Um, And I married a husband who... um, actually had some of those traditions and his family looked a lot more like middle America. Um, But together we recognize, we don't need to conform to any picture of what a perfect Christmas celebration looks like. We don't have to cook a certain kind of food. We don't have to do it a certain kind of way. What it is, is that we need to make sure that when we are done celebrating Christmas, this time of year is over, that we don't forget why we have something to celebrate in the first place. So how do we grow our awe and wonder of why Jesus came in the first place? That's really the heart of why I wrote Emmanuel because I knew that it was hard for me to focus on that. I always felt like, oh, I don't have any traditions. I don't have, you know, we didn't buy a perfect advent calendar to go through. We're a retail family. And so we we are working hard on the business during this time of year. And so we didn't always have in the last 10 years, a lot of bandwidth to travel and do fun things and throw a lot of parties. But the one thing that we hold on to year after year, is to have intentional conversations after dinner, whether that's formally around a book like Emmanuel or um, or just to have a conversation where we share every day why Jesus had to come, why Jesus came in the form of a small, helpless babe, and why that was ultimately the beginning of the journey of how he would rescue anyone who would come to believe and to trust in him. And so when we share that over and over again, then it takes away the pressure to make sure that you followed the perfect recipe that your grandma left. (laughs) You know, and some of y'all have those recipes and that's amazing. I happen to not have that because grandma didn't grow up with Christmas recipes and Christmas traditions. So whatever it is, you know, if you're coming from a broken home and you didn't had to split your time between, um, you know, family members that did or did not celebrate it to your heart's content, whatever your background, the pressure's off. We don't have to have all those magical things come together in order for us to begin to truly rest in the the actual celebration of God with us, which is to actually invite him in and to make room, prepare him room in our hearts and allow him a place at the table of our hearts. And so that really um, is the beginning of why i wrote the book and why i wanted to invite others into the journey because it's possible and i hope that there are some who are listening who just say oh my goodness i'm with ruth like i every year feel like is it i just i just don't know like i don't have traditions i don't have I'm not fun or whatever you're struggling with that you can actually start here and you can say okay This is a book written by a woman who gets me, who knows that sometimes you don't come with a whole lot of magical things going on in your life, and you're just going to start with the real truth. The truth is I need Jesus, and I need this season to transform my life, and I'm going to start right now.
1: God, that's so freeing. On either end of the spectrum, whether you're the person who's listening that doesn't have a lot of those traditions or every year looks different or you just find yourself in that constant state of oh I gotta have the perfect meal and the perfect whatever, or you're the one with all the traditions and all the creative energies. Right. Right? There's
0: nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yes, but
1: we've crowded out everything else. I think it's just such a, a great place to just start and create, like you said, this conversation around the table around how do we create room in this season and and beyond. That's just so freeing. Like, I don't I don't have to have the meal that looks like everybody else because that, that's not what this is. That's not yeah. what all this is about.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really encouraging when we start talking about it now before even Thanksgiving hits, right? Because I think it's just so easy in the moment to feel like, especially if you're somebody who loves beautiful things, You just get so distracted by all the messaging and all the Pinterest boards and all that social media has to offer. And so maybe if we just, as Sisters in Christ, are just truth tellers and we just say to one another, you know, it's enough. It's enough for you just to offer your heart. It's really enough if you just have the conversation around your table with your kids. It's enough if you and your spouse confess sin to one another and to the Lord and just say, we need you, we've been making an idol of our own celebration in our own home. Help us, help us just honor you, God, instead of making a treasure out of this holiday season. It's a good place to start even before the holidays hit altogether.
1: That's beautiful. Um, I want to ask you two quick things before yeah. we, before we wrap up. Um, one of them is just a quick, just tip or something on just raising boys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) raising kids today, you know, in a, in a state of the world where Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep things at the forefront of their minds. Like just Mm -hmm. what are, what is something that we could do, whether it's today or Mm postseason, whatever it is that you feel has been really helpful in just helping stay grounded as a mom Mm -hmm. and in shepherding your kids, especially boys' hearts.
0: Yeah. The two things that come to my mind right off the bat is that I would say the most influential practical thing I feel like I have implemented over the years with the boys is that I make sure that our schedules not always filled up that there is room mm-hmm. in the schedule where it feels like we're wasting time because when there's nothing on the schedule and you're not running off to another game or running off to an extracurricular activity, you haven't packed your social calendar up to the max. That's when the hard questions come out. That's when the conversations get a little uncomfortable. It's when there's time to talk about things that take time. So you kind of can't expect to have your kids hearts if you never make time for them to reveal it to you. And so that's really just a, a big life lesson for me that I I can't ask for their hearts if I haven't made time to receive. Mm. So that's one thing. And then secondly, I would just say, especially in our current social media, TikTok crazed world, um, it, it's almost impossible to keep devices away from teenagers, like it's, it's not even practical anymore. Like schools and they're all using laptops. Cell phones are like, they're just a prerequisite for everything that is needed to function in our society practically. But the thing that I'm really reckoning with is just having been a mom for 20 years now, where when at the start of the journey, social media wasn't even a really big thing, you know? And so I think the thing that I'm really reckoning with is it's not that we need to simply tell our kids what not to do, as in like, well, you're gonna have limited limited time on your cell phone, you're gonna have limited time on the internet. I would highly suggest doing those things to, to consider what is appropriate for your family, what is a right amount of time. Do they get to have social media or do they not? Do they get to play video games? Do they not? You know, like those are really good conversations to have. And you have to determine that for your own family but it's not just subtracting, it's adding in what's worthy. I think we forget that part sometimes as parents, we just say, well, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let you get filled up with all this junk. So we say, no, 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 no. But then we leave this gap, this void where something's going to fill them back up. And Mm -hmm. what will that be if we're not adding in what is worthy and true? So uh, at our home, it's that we say, okay, if we're not going to do a bunch of Plugged in kind of activities all the time, then it's not just stop get off the video games, stop watching Netflix. It's not just that. It's well, then instead of that, let's go do something, and that do something means that we get outside or we i i go do something I totally don't enjoy, but it's with them, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. Like you find something worthy, or we go and we go explore something, and most of the time when we go explore. God's creation, it's actually an opportunity for us to be wowed by him. And there's something new to talk about now that has nothing to do with a movie or another um, show or what you saw on social media. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I that's think good. that's just thats just something that's really um, been a life lesson for me is that um, we all get filled up with something. And so if you create a void by putting some guardrails up, um, and removing some things, you better be sure to fill it back up, fill that space back up with what is worthy, true and good. And, um, and to really help them know what's worthy of giving attention to.
1: so helpful. I just
0: think of this idea of like magic
1: in the margins. <laughs> if you can have just enough margin, just enough yeah. margin that you can create these moments of adventure and experiencing things together and just enough yeah. that the hard questions and conversations can yes. come creating that place. Like there's magic
0: that can happen there as a and mom, sometimes it's messy, right? Some of those best messy. moments are when I'm like <laughs> cooking dinner with them or playing with clay. And I'm like, this is kind of a terrible use of time. We're just sitting around playing with clay. But it's an actually wonderful, it's a wonderful memory maker and a time For to sure. have those conversations. So I think it's just us adjusting as moms our paradigm of what it means to have quality time and how it is to um kind of have their hearts. If you really want the hearts of your kids, then um, you're not going to have it just by saying, we're going to do a once a month date, or I'm going to take you to the movies, but like, that's not going to get it done. It's going to be the consistent pursuit by making margin in your life for sure.
1: I love that. So encouraging. Um, So the last question I want to ask is, just a little bit about your take on success. I feel like you have created Mm -hmm. so many things and you constantly are creating and you've got a business and you're a mom of six amazing boys. And, you know, you have this life of adventure. How do you kind of keep your definition of success aligned with that, you
0: said, bigger Mm -hmm. picture? I mean, it's probably a tiny bit cliche to say it this way because I feel like we've heard it before, but I really do think that we have to define success by faithfulness, everyday faithfulness, Um, because at the end of the day, the things that may look successful under bright, shiny lights will prove to be false if they're not actually true in the hidden places of your life. Mm. And so the faithfulness um, comes to play when, if you are a speaker or a writer or a content creator you could be a leader in your school board, whatever it is that you're doing in your community or somewhere where you are publicly succeeding at something, the same thing must be happening behind closed doors in your home with others. So if you're leading somewhere and you're speaking really wise and wonderful things, speak wise and wonderful things in your own home. If you are known and beloved for um, being so generous with others, well, be generous at home with the people that are hard to be generous with sometimes. For sure, and that might be in your local community, um, that might be in your church with people that you wouldn't handpick to be in your community, but you love them anyway. And so, I think that's what keeps us grounded in whatever way you're le- you're leading and whatever way God's called you to use your giftings. I think we because of maybe because of social media, it's just so easy for us to think that success looks a certain way. But the truth is, um, God's word is really clear that um, that He he must increase and we must decrease. And so we were never meant to actually be platformed or staged or have a spotlight shine on us. And I think the temptation is to steward, like my goal is always to get my books and in as many hands as possible because I think that's good stewardship. But is that success? It's success if God is glorified ultimately in my faithfulness to do the work. But the thing is the world may look and measure success by um, notoriety, fame, um, money, by how many people are talking about you, followers, things like that. Um, so the, the key for me is to ultimately assign the right vocabulary to what I'm doing every day, rehearsing to myself every day, why I'm getting up and doing the work that I'm doing, because at any point, if it really is truly measured by numbers and people and dollar signs, um, yeah, then I've suddenly put myself on the the throne of my life instead of God. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um. It's something I'm really sensitive about, actually. And um, I think we all should be, if we're followers of Christ, working in a very self-centered space like the internet. I think we should all be sensitive to that. But um, God's kindness has been seen in my life where the times where I have cared least about being first have been the times where he has used my giftings the most because it's about him and not me so that's really helpful that gives me chills
1: i think just like you said just the i think it's these successes these just small minor acts of faithfulness and obedience Mm -hmm. and stepping back and saying it's not about me
0: And it's so easy to say, and it's so easy to say hard to do. So it's really not something that you're going to just say today or listen to us say it on this podcast and then walk away and be like, yeah, I'm forever going to be aligned with this. No, it's every day. It's every day you wake up and you say, Lord, I'm about to make this day all about me because I'm prone to that. I'm so prone to thinking that I'm the boss of my own life and that everybody better get in line because I'm so special. So Lord, humble me right now. Help me remember that you are king, you are the Lord of my life, and I owe everything to you. And in that humility, of seeing Him as greater and myself as lesser, mm-hmm. and honestly, just seeing Him as Emmanuel, God with us, that He is always with us, that He walks with me all the time. That's not my life. I'm not preserving my life. I'm walking with Him. Then there's, there's freedom. There's freedom, and everything it becomes a gift, right?
1: For sure. Oh, so good. this is this is so good. I'm so grateful just for you sharing more on the book and just motherhood and life. And I'm just so thankful for just people like you who are walking alongside of us and have gone before us in some areas and are going with us on this journey as, you know, just sisters in Christ and moms. and um, yes, I, I'm just so thankful that you are sharing the things that you've learned in your own story and also continuing just to, produce things that allow all of us to grow and all of us just to admire Um, the wonder and beauty all around us. I feel like you've done that in all of your work. All of your works are just beautifully written with beautiful art and it's, you can kind of just get drawn into it and it's just, it's so reflective and meditative and um, I'm very excited for this Advent season just to have these conversations around the table and just get my own heart postured in the right place. And especially I feel like this year, it just kind of feels like a bigger year, maybe because it's been a couple of silenced years a little bit. And so just to get the priorities straight as, as this season comes. And so tell us where we can get the book or where others can continue to follow along your journey.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, the book is available everywhere you purchase books online and in stores. It's called Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always. And you can learn more about it at emmanuelbook.com. And I would love to connect with any of your listeners at um, Ruth Joe Simons on Instagram. And you can find my work at gracelace.com and Grace Laced on Facebook and Instagram as well. So Thank you so much. Go follow her, everybody. So (laughs)
1: inspiring. So thank you so much for for being here. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So honored to be here. (laughs) Thanks for having me.
1: What an encouraging and insightful conversation with Ruth. I hope this episode is one that you will go share with a friend, share on social media. So much good stuff in today's episode. I've shared all that information that she has shared in the show notes, um, but also want to leave you with today's truths and takeaways in case you missed any of them. Number one, there is a message at work right now. Now within you. Number two, we're called to a journey of surrender, not proving. Number three, it's enough. Be expectant and live in anticipation versus living with the idea that your happiness is dependent on achieving your expectations. Number four, it's never too late for a new perspective. You can start here, now, and today. Number five, everybody isn't always living out their dreams out loud in every season of their lives. Number six, don't fill the schedule. Keep room on the schedule where it feels like you're almost wasting time, because that's when those good conversations that take time happen. Number seven, it's not just about subtracting from our lives or our kids' lives, but also about adding in what is worthy and true. And lastly, number eight, we can stop striving towards bettering ourselves and rather focus on faithfulness where we are. That's where we can find success. It comes through faithfulness. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you scroll down in the show, you can leave a quick review. It says write a review. You can also click on a number of stars. That's what helps this episode and all the upcoming episodes get shared with so many more people. Thanks for tuning in and until next time.